And now Alex, um, he doesn't interrupt. He doesn't do those things that you and I do, um, which is why you never hear him. He's always on the podcast. He's never not been on one of these shows. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <I'm thinking about> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> It's Seneca, world-class cosplayer. <laughs> no. uh, you're listening to Geezers of the Game, your friendly neighborhood tabletop role-playing podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Geezers of the Game. I'm Ryan, and with me today is... Alex and Nathan. So what's uh, what's new with your guys' game? So I know, Nathan, you're you're aging and, and found a fountain of youth. Um, we really haven't been playing a whole lot together, or at least I haven't been. I've been super busy, um, which is a shame. Uh, what about you, Alex? You've been gaming? So, uh, so yeah, Mark. Oh, is that to me? Yes. Uh, okay. Nathan just took over, and I was like, okay, I guess we're talking about oh, no, he asked me, and then he asked you. <laughs> Nathan Before is a I, game hog and a show hog. That's okay. So am I. Continue. <laughs> well, I would say that uh, I, too, have been very busy. Um, I've been tinkering around with my own rule set and actually I went down to Nathan's house a couple weeks ago and, and he and I, uh, play tested it for the first time and I feel like it went all right. Um, nice. Hopefully we'll be doing more of that in the future. I look forward to play testing it. What, uh, what's your plan with it? Well, I, I mean, I intend to, if you're asking my, like, what's my objective? I mean, I'm all, ultimately I intend to publish it. Um, nice. Though it's not really at the point where I want to go into the details now in a public forum like the like the podcast, but it's something I'm working on. That's super exciting. I know that we all have our secret projects. Yeah, yeah I've, we've got a couple of guest stars here. Uh, oh, my nice. Middle child nice. wanted to say something. Okay, go for it, child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you that in the toilet, and I stick my hand in the toilet and run it out, and then I lost my hand. Wait, what was in the toilet? Don't want to come wet. Oh, her barrette. So a, oh. a, a barrette, like a, a hair barrette fell on the toilet, apparently. And, and I stick my and, hand. And, and he put his hand in and got it out. And he wanted what everybody a hero. to know that. Well, at least he washed his but hand. So I, he did. He says he washed his hand. Yeah, I did. So anyway, there's that. So thank you, guest stars. Now get out of here. <laughs> you know, that does bring up an interesting uh, story. Um, years ago. Uh, one of the people we used to play with, but he was, Nathan knows where this is going. Anyways, when uh, he was little, uh, he, he had a constipated poo that would not flush. And so his mom took a butter knife to it to cut oh. it up in small pieces so that it could flush. Well, th- thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Let's get back on topic. So um, be, were you done with what you were saying, Alex? Yeah. I oh, think, Alex, I think so. Yeah, I think I'm done with that. Okay, so uh, so yeah, uh, me and my older son, yeah, we played in a game that, that Alex ran with a rule system that is, is still kind of in beta testing. But yeah, I also thought that it went quite well, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to share some more information with that in the future. Yeah, uh, I also have been working on a rule system because that's what the world needs is more rule systems. Yes, but your rule system <laughs> is to fit a specific niche that is not as represented as well right. as it should be. And that's all I'll say because it's not right. my rule system. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah they, they, they are both very different. And um, 
I'm a strong believer that a rule system tailored to a certain play style or even a certain game world can be an excellent thing. Um, I mean, there, there are those that believe that, that you know, you can just have a, a universal rule system that will fit everything. And you might be able to have one that will fit most things, but it's going to fall short in certain in certain areas. Um, so I think so, that yeah, Savage Worlds does a pretty good job, but even then, right. you can only do so much. I mean, well, Jack I mean Savage World doesn't work. Savage World, if you're if you're doing something that's supposed to be very pulpy and very action oriented, Savage World yeah. is your game. But it's uh, not super crunchy. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it has it has its level of crunch. It's not totally creamy either, you know. I mean, it, it's uh, it has. Uh, I don't know what the peanut butter analogies are about, but I understand. I, uh, yeah, you, you see where I'm going. Um, yeah, I do. But but I guess I guess what I was saying is that Savage Worlds is is great for like real actiony. Like it, I think it's perfect for Star Wars. I think it's great if you're doing like an Indiana Jones style thing, real that kind of thing. It's great for. I think Savage Worlds was pretty good for the 1889 product that Savage, Savage Worlds made was pretty good. Um, Actually, I think it was a lot better than the Space 1889 rule system in many ways. Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's a different thing. But my point is that it, it, it would suck playing Call of Cthulhu using Savage Worlds. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's unsuited to the genre. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and honestly, and look at board games. If every rule system, every board game had Monopoly's rule system to work off of, there'd be a lot of crappy board games. Right. Well, and, and if you were to compare, say, GURPS to Savage Worlds, both of them are fine rule systems, or and, and maybe throw D20 in there also. There are three different rule systems that fit three different play styles, and um, I suspect all three of them probably have a superhero uh version of some kind i know gurps does and i seem to recall having seen a savage worlds one and i bet d20 does too um i think d20 has heroes or something isn't it no i think it's mutants and masterminds oh okay but okay but in, in any case all three of them do have a a superhero thing but none of them were designed as a superhero game um and therefore they're not gonna not be excel when you get into some of they're not going to be the TSR Marvel game. Right. Which which it excelled at at higher level heroes where you could play guys like Spider-Man or Thor or the Hulk, you know, somebody who's really, really powerful. Um, whereas, you know, I feel like GURPS might fall apart when you get that high. The numbers would just become stupid. Um, and so, does, same, so does West End Games D6. It does. Every, everything falls apart if you push it beyond what it was meant to do it will eventually break um because that's not what it was supposed to be it was you know it, it was designed if you know if it's designed to play in star wars it's probably great for star wars it's probably not great for you know like alex brought up for call of cthulhu it's probably not great for playing spider-man or the incredible hulk um because those are too far outside of the realm of what it's supposed to be um yeah, rule systems are important um, to have variety because it depends on what kind of style you want to play. Right. Different styles need different types of focus. 
Right, exactly. And and the right rule system really can make a game and the wrong rule, rule system, the, the game just, it won't mess right. It won't feel right. right. Um, and, and, and so... And this is just a sneak peek. Our next episode, we're going to delve in a lot deeper. I know Alex has a shelf and a half or so full of game books that he's bought that has never been played, but he has definitely read them. And we're going to talk about those. And, Wait, is uh, it... Is- is this one of those those uh, teaser lies that we were doing for a while where we say something's coming up next time and then it doesn't? No, oh, this like... will come up next time. We are going to do this one next time. Uh, I feel like unless I feel nobody like... wants it and then we'll do it anyway. I feel like I've suggested this topic like a dozen times and we never actually do it. So. No, I, 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 would lo- I would love to do the topic, but if so, um, I feel like I would need to play some of these games. All right. It's been a while since we played a lot of these games. I, I just found out that Car Wars is like on uh, uh, edition six, I think it is. And I'm like, what? Really? It's still going? I didn't I have know. a bad experience with Car Wars. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean Car Wars was great. And I just picked up Gamma World. I'd love to play it again, but it's basically just playing D&D only in sci-fi. You know, yeah. Right. But But that's, you know, that's that's fine to me the, yeah the, the the settings in a lot of these game worlds are are sort of the draw and then if they have a rule system that fits the setting then then that's awesome um yeah and i think that's the coolest part is um uh you look at um uh, source books i mean how many times have we just bought source books and pulled out equipment or pulled out whatever usually equipment <laughs> for whatever game because that's the hardest thing to create is equipment and if somebody's already created a whole book full of equipment for that specific genre then use it or 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 you know or something about the you know something from a setting it's pretty common for people to to i mean everybody is stealing stuff when they're putting a game together or when they're putting a character together they're you know they're they're taking something from star wars and something from battlestar galactica and something from from you know some other thing that george lucas didn't have anything to do with um i guess he did he empire strikes back yeah well that's also george lucas but he didn't have anything to do with it. that's untrue <laughs> yeah they're a liar <laughs> i choose to believe things that i have read on the internet well, the is <laughs> well, a lot of people choose to believe things. <laughs> I know. I'm being ridiculous. Anyways, uh, uh, but but my thought my my thought fell apart anyways because I was gonna because I said Star Wars and then I almost said Indiana Jones and stopped myself and said Battlestar Galactica instead, but then forgot that I did that, <laughs> which is why there was the George Lucas thing. And then I'll, and then I almost said Willow next. Yes, and the 13th Warrior, I think that was also done by one of the, the three guys, too, wasn't it? Did George what? Lucas have anything to do with that? Uh, George Lucas look. had nothing. George Lucas was not the 13th Warrior. <laughs> no, but I think there's like three or four of those guys, you know, Spielberg, Lucas. Um, and How- and uh, Ron Howard. No, Ron <laughs> Howard is a child. What? When Ron when Howard directly became an adult. Well, yeah, he's an adult now. 
Uh, oh, it's a Michael Crichton novel. Well, I knew that. Yeah, but I, I, I can't remember who, who actually who directed it. Oh, never mind. It's McTiernan. Yeah, yeah not one of the three guys. Who is that? Yeah, well, guy? he's the guy. McTiernan did Hunt for October, so he's pretty cool. Yeah, well, well but, that's not but, one but of those who, guys. But who's, anyways, who's the, who's who's the, the third, third guy? guy? It's not, it's like Scorsese or one of them that was also he's good totally friends. different than Spielberg and yes Lucas. but they all went to film classes together and such they both talk about it oh okay so they all talk about it they were all good friends and helped each other out in the very beginning well I was just, I was thinking well, Ron I know who Howard. you're talking about who who Francis Ford Coppola that's who it is there we go I couldn't okay. remember who in the hell it was see, see I was thinking Ron Howard because Ron Howard directed Willow and yep. George Lucas did Star Wars. George Lucas wrote Willow, and Spielberg directed Indiana Jones, which is also, um, which was a joint project between Lucas and Spielberg. And yeah. so that's why I was thinking those three. Um, I also Spielberg. seem to remember that Spielberg. Lucas had some um, proofreading or something he did for Jaws too, if I remember right. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about that. I have um, to look it up. Yeah, Spielberg directed a scene in uh, uh, episode three, the Revenge of the Sith. Well, that doesn't help me like Spielberg. I, I oh, never mind. He he, direct, <laughs> he directed the scene uh, where Yoda and the Emperor fight in the Senate chamber. Spielberg. Really? Did. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It does have a different feel than the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, I although I none of those them. movies have a great feel. Anyway, I, I did go back and watch uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's like the hardest one. No, it's not. They're he's so whiny. He's so whiny all the way through it. I mean, I, I, and the relationship fast, is not. Yeah. I fast forwarded basically every scene with uh, Padme and Anakin, and many of the scenes that even had Anakin in them. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> It still wasn't a great movie. <laughs> Which I feel bad because it's not like Hayden Christensen's such a horrible actor. I think it was talking a... about the prequels now because I have opinions. <laughs> oh, we all have opinions. You know what? Let's not go down this road. That is a whole giant no. series of episodes. We're and... down the road. We're down the road. I want to know his opinions. You, you don't want to know. You haven't heard his opinions? I'm sure I have. Oh, I'm sure we have. Uh, I'm sure we have too. I think we talked uh, about it during our Star Wars live. Uh, well, I maybe. wasn't in on that. I have for, for some reason I wasn't. I had something going on. I'm oh. sure you're get get okay. to your opinions. The world so wants to opinion, know. My opinions that everyone wants to know about the the prequel movies is that they're poorly executed, but they're actually pretty good stories. Like the overall story is actually pretty great. Um, I'm okay with this story for the most part. There's a couple things I don't like. Some of the details with. are dumb. Um, like a lot of the individual motivations of the characters. Like what was Palpatine's plan exactly in The Phantom Menace? It's, it was silly and like written by a drunken eight-year-old. But, uh, <laughs> but overall... Funny fact. It's pretty Emperor good. Emperor Palpatine was actually an eight-year-old that was drunk. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Um, Anyways... But I would say that even though, like, I can sit down and watch Revenge of the Sith and think it's, you know, not a bad movie. But I will admit that I think it's the whole thing. Like, I have to, 
I have to be prepared for it all in the moment. And if I if I just catch a sequence of it, like like I was uh like I don't really have television here, but uh I was dog sitting at somebody's house and they have cable and I was and I just stumbled into uh Revenge of the Sith uh during kind of the third act beginning of the third act of the movie when Anakin's finding out uh, that Palpatine's the bad guy and uh just the the delivery of all the lines were so flat and this and the just the composition of the of the scenes were just you know visually it was all very flat and boring and I was like boy I get why people don't like these movies <laughs> but overall if you're if you if you think conceptually about what the story's doing it's like Babylon 5. It's punishing to watch, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I'll have to take your word on the Babylon 5 part, but I, I do agree. The only issue I really have um, with the story, let's not talk about the movies because the acting was poorly directed, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not going to blame all the actors. actors. All those people are competent actors. That's and what I think. Highlights. Ewan McGregor, I think, is a great Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, um, he does a great job. McDermott as Palpatine, he steals the show. That guy's loving it. You know, he, yeah. He's, yeah, he's the reason to watch the movies. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think all the actors were great, but there was definitely good actors there. It wasn't an actor problem in my It was opinion. a director problem, yeah. George it was Lucas definitely a director a problem. Director. I um, think George Lucas is a good a good idea guy, though. I think his, his oh, stories I agree. are excellent. His stories are excellent. Like, like the things I've read about the about his sequel trilogy i'm like man i kind of want to see that i think that sounds i don't want george lucas to direct it but i want somebody to to a competent director to make his movies i think those would be great what you don't want all three of the original movies jammed into one movie three times in a row no the sequel let's not even go into the sequel okay anyway negativity in my life yeah anyway so i I want to say what i want to say the reason that i i'll mute you no you don't (laughs) okay this is what i was gonna say this is the point i wanted to make if you look at the story there's only a couple things here and there that i really think are dumb um number one an eight-year-old boy is not going to fall in love with what is she 13 14 i think well i think they could that's ridiculous is not going to fall in love with an Mm eight-year-old or either way an eight-year-old does not have that kind of ability to have that kind of romantic interest for any girl sure he does sure he does you can have a crush on a girl who's older than you when you're eight yeah yeah not one that you're i, I don't know i, I totally not one that you're going to remember girl. like that for the rest of your life i, I've, I, I had crushes on girls when i was eight that i still remember today would you have a relationship with them now no my point being anyways um that relationship was very difficult for me to get behind the motivation behind the relationship had it been written as a novel maybe would have been good maybe. i think i think having anakin be nine-year-old nine, a nine-year-old was a problem if he would have been 15 yeah. it would have been a lot better yeah i i think that would have helped a lot not just not to to poop on this poor little kid's parade it was exciting that he got to play anakin skywalker and that's fine but I don't anyway, think it was well executed. The, the, the reason that I went and watched it is several other YouTube commentators that I generally like and respect their opinions had, uh, although generally 
you know, not said good things about the movie, had said good things about scenes in specific that, you know, such and such scene, like the, the opening scene in Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan and Anakin are, are flying in their fighters to go and try to rescue Emperor Palpatine. Um, so I don't even remember which YouTuber it was, was, or I would, you know, give him a shout out, but they said this this is a good scene because it sets up it shows everything the camera pans in and out of the right places and uh, it makes it all very clear and i found that to be true and agreed with it when i watched the scene it really the thing that that made it fall down was the dialogue between anakin and obi-wan was dumb um it and then and then other people have talked about how how great the the end duel over the lava was between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I remembered it as being garbage. And after I watched it, I still feel like it is garbage. <laughs> I have the high Matt ground. Easton Matt Easton did a review of that recently. That was pretty good. I don't know if I saw his, I think it was, uh, I, I think it was Shad Adversities that I saw and he really liked it. Um, I think I saw his too. And it was pretty, pretty good, but Matt Easton's is, is pretty interesting too. You should watch his because he has, he breaks it down at the parts that are dumb and the parts that are really good. And it's, and he has a, uh, I think a value, val, right. opinion. Yeah. There, I mean, there, there, there may be stuff in there that, that appeals to people who, um, who practice HEMA or, or any kind of actual swordsmanship on a regular basis. They might see something and say, yeah, that makes sense. But to me, it went on way too long. And, I agree with uh, that. I don't like fights that are just, that don't have, that don't have, they need end. to be fast paced. Right. Otherwise, they lose you. I think the very best lightsaber duel in the history of Star Wars is uh, in Star Wars Rebels when uh, Obi Wan and Darth Maul meet up on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. I actually think the Darth Maul uh, whole pieces in Rebels is some of the best scenes in Darth that. Maul, it's funny because Darth Maul is is such a crappy character in the Phantom Menace, but he turned into basically okay in my top five of all Star Wars. He characters. is definitely one of my top. I, I love that guy in in the in the in the cartoons. He, they they paid him off. They fixed early. it. Yeah. Well, they built him up so much before the movie came out, and then they killed him. And it was like, oh, sorry, spoilers. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't actually kill him. I guess I should say that. Oh, that's also a spoiler. Ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll get over it. Um, but yeah, that, so. that's a and it's an interesting thing when um when you have kind of these legacy characters or ideas that end up being carried over uh you see a lot of the same stuff in doctor <laughs> who you know where they're bringing stuff back from you know the 60s all the way up into the 80s or the 90s and then they're trying to to bring it back and make it. it scary or compelling or whatever and i don't know the mannequin by, one was pretty creepy yeah I by, mean, that's, by a few, large, I that's a few doctors back obviously but right. still yeah, but by and large, I think they did an excellent job with taking these very silly villains and and finding just that right balance between them still being kind of silly, but also believable in that universe and yeah. uh, menacing or scary. Doctor Who is a great example because the uh, specifically the Daleks and the Cybermen, you know, right. they both look about as dumb as they always did and yet they're cool and in their own way <laughs> right and and it's a, it's the same sort of thing with uh they're not with robbie a, the robot anymore now they're 
<laughs> they have right. some. Depth well, they were never Robert the Robot, but they always had like with a, that, with a lot of what's... frame around their head. Yeah. No, I just mean that flatness that didn't have any real, no visceral reaction to. Yeah, now they but, have a little bit. But more um, yeah, Darth Darth Maul, I think, is the same sort of thing where, um, he was not well executed, and they were like, you know what, he's still cool. We can still work with this. And Ray um, Parks did a great job. It's not. It wasn't the actor. <laughs> right. Well, and and that's that's sometimes things just don't work um you know like like alex said most of most of the actors are very competent actors uh george lucas is a great idea guy and he directed some movies that were fantastic oh yeah it just it didn't work and i'm sure there's a lot of reasons why um but the the there's a lot of here's just a hint about the secret of george lucas's success is editing you know if if he's got a good editor like Marsha Lucas was brilliant. She saved Star Wars. Um, but but without that quality editing, uh, it's just, it doesn't quite work. Well, see, and with um, going back to Darth Maul, so Darth Maul was pulled out of the refuse, basically, from The Phantom Menace and made a whole character that was enjoyable. You can get behind it or hate it or whatever. Now, they're doing the same thing with Boba Fett. I'm very skeptical of whether or not this is going to be good. I, I well, think it could be. Like it Boba could Fett be great. I love Boba Fett. Don't get me wrong. They did a great job of introducing him into the Mandalorian. However, giving him full focus as a character worries me because there's a feeling for Boba Fett. And having him come in and kick some butt, that's cool, but you could really screw that up. And just it, as hard it, as Lucas did with the prequels. And at some point there will be a misstep and the whole thing will fall apart and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm in for the ride. Um, yeah, and, 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 and that being said, you know, the, the guys that did rebels and clone wars um, made some excellent choices and saved some stuff that wasn't great and tried to save some other stuff that didn't work. I still never liked Jar Jar. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they 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 he was featured in several episodes. I never really liked the Anakin character either, even even in Clone Wars. I I, I still did like, didn't like him. I did like uh, Ahsoka, but <laughs> right, but but that was a brand Ahsoka, new. Ahsoka also turned into one of my very favorite characters in the franchise. Yeah, she definitely is. But I, I think I've read Wars a couple books about her, and she's really good. I mean, I think it turned. <laughs> she's a great character. The Clone Wars is an excellent example of George Lucas as a great storyteller because George Lucas was was intimately involved in the Clone Wars until until Disney bought it. And and Dave Filoni actually did the execution of it, but mm -hmm. he worked side by side with George Lucas to figure out all the story ideas. You know, so so George Lucas is a is a really creative and intelligent guy. Uh, he just he just needs somebody to filter through. But well, see, and I think I think stories like um like uh clone wars i had a harder time with i mean not that they were bad i enjoyed them but when i first watched rebels i was hooked with within the first two episodes it took me about a full season maybe even a season and a half to really get hooked into the clone wars well let um, me let me let me throw this proposition out there 
Clone Wars, they were just getting started and they were and they were kind of they were they were starting something brand new. Rebels was our, all the people who were working on Clone Wars was working on Rebels yeah. too. So they they had the pipeline. They knew what they were doing. They uh, they already had all the experience from making Clone Wars awesome, so they can now make Rebels awesome immediately. Right. Yeah, and then a lot and of the Bad Batch is just as good. I you know I need to watch that. I need to I need to watch Bad Batch. I only hear good stuff about it. Dude, you have my password. You have I your do. own profile. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to go in there and watch that what, what password does he have disney yeah for my disney plus okay yeah i i'm pirating somebody else's disney so uh <laughs> someday i'll buy my own don't worry disney I, someday i'll buy my own yeah i, I think you spend enough disney disney bucks i think that yeah, they're, they're I, okay. I, I, was, I was just making sure because i think i have your no it's not amazon that's somebody else's it's not netflix you got my hulu it's, I've got your Hulu, uh, oh, but okay. I almost never watch it. And I, I think you gave me um, your father-in-law's. Oh, probably. Because he doesn't but, use um, it. Okay. So, so if I use it, it's not, it's not like going to. No worries. All right. Cool. Use I just, I don't care. I, I, I did. I, I don't remember. I brought, oh, I gave it to you for uh, My Hero, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Another I, I, wonderful, interesting twist on heroes by the way right would make a great role-playing universe but anyway yeah, it's, it's, yeah to, to, to me the difficulty would be that what is it like 90 percent of people have some sort 80, of 80 mutation or alteration 80 percent. it would be hard to come up with just constant well NPCs most of them are like every single much person nothing. a lot of people just have weird growths and things like yeah. that I remember the TSR Marvel role playing game had had like something about the power to breathe underwater, and basically it had a comment saying, "This is a stupid power. <laughs> you want a better power than this one?" <laughs> yeah, basically it said something about if you uh, take this power, if you want to end up having wearing the fish tank at the party or something like that. I forget what it but, said. But it's that. But depending on the context, water breathing was not a bad power. Yeah, I always thought that was dumb. Like water breathing would be awesome. You can do all kinds yeah, of cool so, crap with that. So, so in and the and the game that uh, that Mark and Lori and me are playing, I'm uh, playing one of the the playable races that we came up with that has water breathing and is kind of eel based, and it's it's cool to be able to go and explore underwater. <laughs> so, uh, I love it. In a context like that, in a context where people are throwing fireballs and flying around and doing other stuff, it might not be as flashy as some of those other ones. It does bring up a uh, Aquaman. So a thing. Yeah, uh, Aquaman. Huh? Well, yeah. it, it does bring up a thing that, like, if you're the if you're the only guy in the party that can breathe water, then that kind of means you go off and do solo play every time you use your power. Or if you're the only guy in the party that can fly, you run across the same thing. Um, I don't know. That, that's actually a split the party problem. And that in itself is about party balance, which did is a whole nother topic. <laughs> Go did ahead. Did you guys ever watch the Hellboy movies? Because that was kind of Abe Sapien. I, I did. And yeah, with Abe. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't really split the party up that much. He was always doing stuff. That's because of the way I, they wrote the stories. 
Well, I mean, okay, you can, you can, if you're the game master, you can set up your, your games to include the guy who breathes on the water. Um, you're, you're assuming that you're railroading your people. Not necessarily. No, no, not at all. Because, because Mark, uh, Mark and I have basically been switching back and forth on the GMing. Um, he ran the, the latest one. Um, and actually, I think in the last, the last two or maybe three games that he ran, um, there was some opportunity for me to go into the water to go check out something. Um, and it rarely lasted more than like 10 or 15 minutes. And he paused and gave everybody else a chance to do stuff. And, you know, it, it worked. Um, it's a I, I want to point a, out something. Um, and I don't want to get into a huge discussion because I do have to go upstairs again. Um, and that's not a euphemism. Anyways, um, you're a uh, brilliant an, man an, with <laughs> lots of well thought out practical ideas. Yes. And yeah. And on top of that, you're a boisterous player, um, which means that you tend to take charge. You tend to take over um, the scene as I, much as I you know can. what I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know I exactly that what way. I am. You're you're worse than I, but I am also very bad at it. Whereas I think, Alex, I think the term you're looking for is I'm better than you at that. Is that you're a game hog? And now Alex <laughs> is a timid player in many ways. He waits for his turn. It's not timid. He's a ordered player. He waits for his turn to do something. Um, he doesn't interrupt. He doesn't do those things that you and I do. Um, which is why you never hear him. He's always on the podcast. He's never not been on one of these shows. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm <just thinking> about <laughs> that. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes we just totally ignore true. him. That's not totally true. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, anyways, but had Alex been given play to play that character and given the 15 minutes worth of time to do whatever it was you were doing, he would have been railroaded over by you playing on the other team at the other side of the group just because he's not a forceful player so it depends on your playing ability and style i'm 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 getting better no i'm not i'm not I'm not whipping <laughs> you here i don't care it doesn't bother me it bothers myla but yeah. it doesn't bother me but that's just me yeah, that, that, that that being said um uh, one of the YouTubers that I watch, Matt Colville, just had a, I don't remember what his episode was entitled, but one that I watched recently, and he was talking about um, reluctant heroes. Um, mm -hmm. And He's when I first watched it, times. I was like, huh? He's talked about that several times. Did you and I, or did I, he has, or? He has. He's got a he couple has. different okay. episodes he's talked about. Okay. That specific um, concept. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, this was the first one that I saw, or at least one that stuck out to me. Because as I was watching it, I was like, "What? what why are they reluctant heroes? It's like, I mean, what, once you tell me that, yeah, there's a dragon over there in the woods, like, okay, well, give me some information. I'm going to go deal with this dragon. You, you don't have to trick me into going and dealing with the dragon. That's where the game is. That I don't, um, to, to me, it it's taken me a long time to wrap my head around 
this idea that some people might not want to go fight the dragon. I mean, he's over there. He's there to fight. That's his whole purpose. Um, but as I was watching it, he he pointed out some things to me that um, in this one, he was saying that, you know, Bruce, the Bruce Willis character, John McClane in the Die Hard movie is a reluctant hero. Yeah, he doesn't. He, yeah, he, he. He runs. And then he runs again and then he hides and then he tries to call the police and then he tries to call the police again. He does everything he can not to fight the terrorists. And then he finally just kind of has to. So if you look at that, if you were to place that in a role-playing setting, basically the player is trying to not engage and the GM keeps on pulling him back in. Um, Basically what you're talking about is this shutting the window <laughs> right <laughs> um and, and it, he used another example with uh, indiana jones from um the last crusade um the again indiana the, jones the is bad, always a reluctant hero yeah 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 the bad guy's trying to pull him in and he he he's like no, I don't, I don't believe in the Holy Grail. No, you've got the wrong Jones. You got to go talk to my father about that. Right. Um, and it's not until he finds out that, you know, his father is lost and now he has a personal reason to go do it. Um, but his reason is to rescue his father, not, not to deal with any of that. It's right. not and then, but, later. but then he does eventually get drawn into it. Yeah. I will probably never be the reluctant hero. Um, but it helped me to understand where other people are coming from as as the reluctant hero although to me after a while it does seem to feel kind of contrived that over and over again the bad guys are just chasing this guy down and trying to fight him but <laughs> well look look at the original battle star galactica um between starbuck the dude <laughs> and apollo um apollo's the hero he's the hero type he's looking right. to do what is right and good uh, Starbuck is not. He's a reluctant hero. I mean, there are times when he chooses to do something and volunteers for something to be the hero, but even then he's reluctant at doing it. So the dynamic is there and it can be really fun to play, even if you aren't typically playing the reluctant hero. And I, and I think everybody should try playing as much as different roles as they can. Is there a- absolutely no, you don't. You only play Greco or Bucks. That's that's true. <laughs> Those are two I, I do, roles. Are they? They're uh, basically to, the same. <laughs> yeah. To, to, so first of all, to be completely clear on something, I'm not necessarily looking to do what's right. I just the story's <laughs> over there. I can back that up. <laughs> I mean, why would you run away from where the story is? I don't know, Where's Alex. Why would you run away from where the story is? I don't run away from the story. What are you talking about? Anyways. <laughs> um, oh. I had some other train of thought, but I don't know what it was. But anyway, you have to, to go upstairs. I have family for, stuff. Yeah, I have to care about child. It's now 9 o'clock, and as a 40... Wait, how old are you, Nathan? 46. Okay, I'm Thanks. 45. Okay, you're probably 46. I'm pretty sure I'm 45. I don't know. Feel right. I was born in 1976. You can do the math. Uh, I anyways, I can't either. Obviously, otherwise I know how old I was. 
means how I don't. Well, I obviously can't do the math. Anyways, um, I don't even know why I was saying how old I was. Oh, my bedtime. It's my bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if this, uh, if, if, if we kept any kind of train of thought going at all. And if there's anything but just meaningless rambling in this in this podcast, but I hope that it was at least a little bit entertaining for whoever was <laughs> unfortunate enough to listen to it. <laughs> I, I I feel I was, like the, the the meaningless rambling. There was probably some truth, some some precious nuggets of of gold hidden in there somewhere. And if you guys didn't catch it, go back and listen to it again. <laughs> and send us a new one to you find a deeper meaning. Device. So that it counts as a different listener. Hey, there you go. Right. So let us uh, yeah. know what you find because we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I know what's in there. That's your, I think you're gonna keep it as a secret uh, though. Yeah, it's, for now. It's a for now. It's an egg, it's an Easter egg hunt. Easter egg hunt. <laughs> we'll let you know if you if you found it. Just tell us what yeah. So so so, so yeah, send, send us send us your best guess, and whoever uh, gets all 10 of the uh, the secret deeper truths. Correct. We'll get a special prize provided by Ryan. I would love it if somebody actually did that. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I will tell you what. If you find seven, seven, it's an unbelievable number, then just leave it with that. If you find seven valuable nuggets from anything that Nathan has said in this episode, <laughs> I will send you a free Geezers of the Game t-shirt. I'll send with you the, the cool T-shirt with the uh, with the giant bird eating the man. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. T-shirt. But who's to judge? I am. I'm the one that ponies up the money. Unless you're going to pony up the money for a T-shirt. I, I was. I was just curious. I mean, I could probably listen back and find seven uh, <laughs> valuable and insightful things that I said. <laughs> well, I think that is why you're that. not getting a T-shirt. You can't be associated <laughs> or work with the podcast. Nor can one of your family members be associated or work with the podcast. I'm just looking for ways to clothe my family. <laughs> well, go to geezersofthegame.com and uh, look at merch. You can buy a t-shirt for your family. I'll send you right, a well, promo. Well, Ryan's right. old. He, ha- he has to go to bed. So yeah, uh, thanks, thanks to any of you poor suckers, suckers who listened uh, this long. Okay, I've been looking for a term, and it was geezers, but from now on, those who listen to our show and that are fans are now suckers. <laughs> Join the sucker nation at geezersofthegame.com. It's really unflattering, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you for listening in, and uh, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Nate. <laughs> We're geezers of the game. Oh my god. This has been a Geezers of the Game production. If you'd like to support us, please find us on Patreon or buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com.